0: That's the way it's always been We rise up to the challenge
1: We give the game our all With sheer determination We go in for the
2: ball With
1: your new host, Catstorm, also with the old host, Willow, still here. How you doing, Willow?
2: Good, thanks, mate. Thanks for um, basically doing my job <laughs> no, and taking over.
1: <laughs> no, no, it's not a problem. Um, I kind of wanted this to keep going, so if no one else was going to step up, I had no problem doing it. Yeah, and, that's and, very good. And also, stepping up for the first time on the uh, Cat's Casts Under Me, my leadership anyway, is uh, Cat Stewart Better, my first guest. thanks a lot for having me on thank Thank you you. yeah no problem at all it's always good when someone steps up and decides they're gonna have a more active role on the board so anyway i thought we'd get things started straight away and we can move into what has been a very long off season i would say and we'll start off right at the beginning of it with the initial departures i thought we'd start off with our two big name retirees and what we thought of them and their careers and what we think they're going to do from this point on, and that's Andrew Mackey and Tom Longan. So, let's discuss, boys. What do you think?
2: Um, they're going to be big losses. I think that's it's probably understatement saying that. And more so, for me, I think Domsey will be a big loss. And I was actually talking about it um, with my boss at work today. Funnily enough, as we were just sort of saying how it's hard to, re- it's going to be really hard to replace someone that you knew. Like every week, what you were getting that you could—he was going to shut down basically the big gorilla from the other team and really get beaten. So we're going to miss him, and just obviously the leadership and and Mackie organising the defence as well. It's going to be a real challenge to see. It'll be really interesting to see how we how we replace them because they're both obviously like legends of the club. So I
0: think they've both been, you know, in some ways quite understated in the roles that they've played over the years. And you look at Scarlett and, and Riot, and, you know, even Harley and players like that, they, you know, perhaps didn't have as much of an impact as those players did in game. But, you know, I think even over the last few years that they've really led that back line. And, I mean, that's, I think, the positive, and we don't really know how long, uh, sorry, how it's going to be um, missing them. But I think at times we actually, particularly Lonigan you know he was in some ways a liability over the last you know 18 months or so not him himself but just the way that the game has changed and there wasn't always a match up for him and his kind of slow ball movement back there uh, i think sometimes crippled our run but that's not to take anything away from a great career that he had
1: yeah i was just going on with that i was about to say the same thing about Long and i thought the way the game's evolved and the loss of the, I suppose, the big gorilla forwards. I mean, Tom Hawkins is sort of a dying breed these days. There's not a lot around him. And, I mean, offens- like he would shut that player down, but then you'd think offensively, every time he had the ball, I'd just sit there and just cringe, just waiting to see if he tried to kick that thing where it was going to go. His disposal was just, at times, horrendous. But, I mean, like you guys said, he was a great clubman. And, I mean, for a few years there, he was, what, I'd say one of the best players in the league are just restricting the opponent from actually scoring any goals. So, I mean, what, what more can you ask from a defender? And with Andrew Mackey, I mean, when we lost Scarlett, we did need some leadership back there and I thought he was the one that stepped up. He was sort of the backline general, which is, I think, the hardest thing to replace. I'm kind of hoping that we can get that out of maybe Henderson as the floating player and maybe probably Taylor's going to have to be spending the entire time back now, there's no experimental forward. He needs to play it in the back line and that's just about it with that I think.
0: I think two years ago Mackey looked finished and I was critical of them giving him a two year deal. But last year he was really starting to play the way he had a couple of years previous to that and you know, he he could have played again this year. And I think that he will be missed a lot back there, not just for you know, really great disposal and but just the way he was able to lead through that and I agree. I think Henderson is a good kick and, you know, he should be able to play some of that role. And I think Tui showed last year that he can also take up some of
2: that. Yep. I'd agree with that. I especially agree with the Mackie comment because um I also thought he was pretty much finished year before last and he's, I felt his defending was good. Like there was times when he was playing on Bruce from Hawthorne and he'd just keep him completely out of the game. But one of his biggest strengths had been his disposal. And I reckon that had started to drop off, but, um, credit to him last year. He was, he was really good. So, um, and it's probably good in a way that he's sort of gone out playing well and not, I mean, cause like we all probably prefer to see players do that than the other way, where they go on too long and, you know, have to get dropped and all that sort of thing, so...
1: That's always a harsh reality, though. I mean, I know a lot of people got upset when we moved on, players like, like Chappie, and you're thinking, and Kelly, and you're like, and you're, they were such great players, but you think, oh, maybe it's just time you have to move on. There can't be a lot of sentimentality in a football club.
2: Yeah, and, like, they would, as much as it would be hard for them... And and obviously, some, like a lot of them have gone on, a few of them gone on to other clubs and stuff, but I think deep down, they'd prefer to have been, got to sort of go out while they were playing okay, rather than, like I said, have to spend, like, they don't want to spend, they're all proud footballers, they don't want to spend time, extended periods of time in the VFL, so, um, and it's a, you know, it's a cutthroat game, so you can't afford to be carrying people that are, you know, dropping off and... They're just the tough calls they've got to make.
0: Oh, no, I was just going to say it's interesting that Mackie's gone into recruiting as well and that the club has made an effort to really boost up that department.
2: I thought that was really interesting, and we're probably, um, we've probably gone on a bit longer than you planned on this, but I did think that was really interesting that they've put him into recruiting because it's just something that you don't always... Like a lot of them can go into more sort of the management style or the, the football department and coaching and and stuff, but I found recruiting to be a real interesting one. So I mean there's obviously a background for it. He's obviously showed something behind the walls to to um to be given that opportunity. But I just thought that was a bit of a a really interesting call when it was sort of first announced.
0: I think Geelong has had one of the smallest recruiting teams and over the last couple of years, has added a lot more to that,
2: which yep. can only be a good thing.
1: True, true, but it can get too big and unwieldy at times too, and you got too many voices.
2: Too many cooks.
1: Yeah, well, as you were saying, Willow, we probably did spend a bit longer than I expected on Mackie <laughs> and Monaghan, and that's fine. But let's move. Welcome on to on.
2: hosting. A, welcome to hosting a podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll say. So let's uh, quickly move on to our other departures. We'll probably start with what I'd say would be the two bigger ones in Motlop and Lang. Motlop more than Lang. But so Stephen Motlop off to Port uh, Adelaide. Interesting. What do we think of that move?
0: I think it's probably a great move for Motlop. Um, it'd be interesting to see how the team plays out for Port. I mean, obviously not going to spend a lot of time talking about that, but they've picked up a lot of on paper very talented players, but they've all got question marks, and I think he'll thrive over there, and he was very unfairly maligned at Geelong, and I think he'll be missed by the team. I
2: don't know what... Yeah, I don't really know. I mean, on his good days, he'll be missed. Um, on his bad days, he, you know, you'd say... You could argue he wouldn't be. And I, I think sometimes... He got criticized for having bad days when he wasn't actually having that bad a day. But at the same time, he still had some, he did have some stinkers at times. So I think, I don't think you can deny that. Um, his ability to break the lines and, and run with the footy, removing that could potentially, is potentially really going to hurt. Um, but I suppose at the end of the day, he was a free agent. He wanted to go. So, um, From the people I sort of talk to that have a rough idea of that type of stuff and normally have some good whispers, they'd sort of told me... I got told, I think, in about June that he was going to port. Someone told me then, and that was before... I can't even remember who the initial rumour was where he was going, but it wasn't port. So, you know, if he chose to go, there's not much you can do about it. You just have to move on and hope that someone else steps up to play that role. Really.
1: I, from from my perspective, I really thought Moloch was close to the most frustrating player I've ever seen. He'd just do some absolutely brilliant things, and you just sit there shaking your head. And then the next, he'd have some, he'd, he'd try and do something, he'd have a brain fade, and he'd end up scrubbing the ball about three meters to the opposition. I can't I can't emphasize how many times I saw him do that. It was just a, a really enigmatic, frustrating type of player.
0: I have suppose you seen Reese Stanley?
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, but Reece Stanley doesn't, couldn't <laughs> produce the same brilliance that Mott's could. And
0: oh, there was that game against Port a couple of years ago. When oh,
2: ruck. Really.
0: That, that, yeah, that, yeah, well... <laughs> that, that one game, just, yeah, that,
2: that one time. <laughs> but, no, but I understand what you're saying. Like, Mott's is the type of player who, you know, surrounded by six people could kick a check side from 45 out on the boundary and then running into a... Like, running... Hitting, trying to hit up a leading forward who had 20 metres free, he'd kick it over his head or something. Like, it was just, but that's the type of player he was. Like, you have to take the good with the bad with those players because their good is just so good. So, and you don't want to, you know, he's a type of player that you don't, you don't want to stifle. You want to encourage to keep taking the game on and doing what they had to do. So,
0: I think in a team, you know, we had when we were really dominating that those type of players were not, you know, they were playing to their best more often than not, and the team was able to help them. But over the last few years, the team has been so frustrating at times anyway, that there's been a lot of those players that, you know, like Blitzards and Stanley and a bunch of those players where you're just not really sure what you're going to get from week to week. And especially coming to finals and big games that not that they've necessarily just let us down, but it's an overall kind of confidence in the team has been
1: wanting, I guess. Yeah. Okay, and on to our uh, second big, I showed you could call him departure, was Darcy Lang. Personally, the way I saw Lang is, uh, I always thought Lang was a bit of an error in judgement when we drafted him, but I mean, what, you, what can you do? They saw something in it. I never actually saw it, even when he was playing, that he had what it took. But I mean, maybe you guys think differently?
2: Um, he was another one, and it's. <laughs> He's a bit unlucky because he had this knack of getting injured at just the worst possible time as well. Um, I think like he came in that final against Sydney and he played really well and mm. he showed a lot. He showed in that game what his strengths were and that is how he was smart and he's clever leading for the ball, but he's also his ball use, when you move the ball through him and use it right, it was really good. But at the end of the day, I mean before that game he was well and truly gone and then he played one good game and people were saying we have to keep him. And, I mean, that's just the type of, again, he didn't, he didn't take his opportunities when he did get them. So, um, and, I mean, I know Carlton are playing at the moment and I had a quick look before and I didn't see his name, I don't think, on the team sheet. So I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's hurt. He may well be injured. But, um, you know, if he's not injured... And he's not getting a game for Carlton, who are a young team in JLT. In a practice, you know, in a JLT, then it probably shows that it was a fair decision at this stage, doesn't
1: it? Billy Smith's Mark too. Uh,
2: yeah, well, you just—I mean, he may be injured as well, so I don't want to go too hard. But if he's just not picked already in, you know, I mean, a team he was—he traded to—and you'd assume that would be one a young team, they'd be—he'd be prime spot to play a lot of footy there you'd think. Um it's not it's not no an overly really good sign.
0: They've got some quality young midfielders and, you know, smaller type players that I, I think he might struggle to get a game there and you know, that's not that I rate Carlton that highly necessarily, but they do have some young talent and I mean I, I thought Lang was an okay kind of player and he could play a role, And he could probably still play a role next year. But if you look at some of the players that we've drafted, you'd think that they'll quickly go past where he was at.
2: Mm. Yep.
0: All right, let's move on to our last two players,
1: who were Josh Cowan and Tom Ruggles. The perpetually injured Cowan and the, uh, I would say, unlucky Ruggles. What are your thoughts? I'll
2: go first. Um, Cowan was on the list probably two years too long for a player that didn't show I don't reckon a great deal or to what he did show was like given the investment in him in terms of his injuries and stuff um, I don't think he brought anything to the team that wasn't easily replaced by someone else so um, but I've sort of long voiced my opinion on that so I don't need to say much there Ruggles Ruggles is one of those players that if I reckon if we win a flag, he wouldn't be in your best team anyway. Um, he panicked a bit much for me in the back line. And people say, oh, he brings mongrel, but I, you need to bring more than that. So I was just sort of on the fence with him. If he stayed, no worries, because you know you could slip him in um, in defence if we had some injuries or if we needed him. Um, I wasn't too concerned when he left either because I think we've got better players down there and he wouldn't have got much of a game anyway so that's just my simple view on it
0: (laughs) I would have preferred to keep Ruggles over say Hayball on the rookie list but I mean I can understand the decision to let him go and I think you know Buse really stepped up over the last couple of years but he still has some uh, things to work out
2: I I think that sorry I just want on that point I wonder if Hayball, they just saw as a project player, basically, and they wanted to give more years to where they thought they'd already got the the most they were going to get from Ruggles.
1: Yeah, yeah I think
0: that's possibly true.
1: You're probably right. And I think the emergence of Stewart really, I think, hurt more than views. I thought they didn't expect Stewart to come in and be as good as he was, and I I didn't expect it, nothing, many people expected it. But I mean, what hurts the most is Ruggles was in the team in front of Buse, and then he got injured. They brought Buse in, and then he never got another shot, which is always a harsh thing for players, I suppose.
2: Was well, the best thing that ever happened for Busey's career, though, because oh, yeah, he's, he, he got—he's
1: he's brilliant right now. He,
2: he got the confidence from it too that he knew he had time in the side. Like, it actually, I think, he wasn't playing and looking over his shoulder at the same time. He just knew he had. You know, a month or six weeks or whatever, solid. And when he got that confidence, it just he went from strength to strength. So um, there's a silver lining from that side of it for for at least for one of our players.
0: I think when Ruggles first came into the team, that that kind of mongrel that he did have, and it was kind of like a back pocket version of Hayden Ballantyne, He was able to add something that we had none of at that time. It seemed a very kind of like. Pushover type team, but I think over the last couple of years, some of the players have developed a little bit more of that harder edge, and some of the players who've bought in, like Tui and Scott Selwood and Cockatoo, have a bit of that anyway, and so perhaps it's not as necessary as it
2: was.
1: Well, perhaps Cockatoo could have a little bit less and stop getting suspended. That'd be great.
2: <laughs> <laughs> He's just like a big, playful puppy, isn't he? He's just all bullet, just all happy and. And just overexcited, and overexuberated, <laughs> and um, I'm sure it will calm, it will temper as he gets, as he matures and gets, you know, more experience.
1: Yeah, that's probably true. So um, we've had a look through our departures. I think we'll move on now to arrivals. And as I was saying earlier, we should definitely start with the biggest one, and that would be, uh, of course, Stuart Cramery.
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> he he is a big unit. Let's let's not. Um, Put anything on that. He's a big boy, especially looking at it, the video of him training and stuff recently. Like he's got a massive chest. Mm. Um, he played some good footy at for the Dogs and for Essendon, and he sort of his career went upside down with all the the drug saga stuff, and then and then getting hurt, and he missed a flag and stuff. And considering we literally paid nothing for him, um, I reckon it's probably a good. A good pick. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have wanted us to trade for him, but getting him for free, um, there's a hell of a lot of worse players you could get for that pick. You think he's would so, be one team? I wouldn't be surprised. Depends on his fitness. I, I, my, my gut feel all along has been if he's fit, he'll be playing round one. So I,
0: he does have some of that kind of mongrel that we're talking about as well, and it's not necessarily the. You know, I mean, gone are the days of hitting people behind play and that kind of thing. But it's the attack on the ball and to not be pushed around. And, you know, I think that that is important in a well-directed way, particularly if you want to be a finals, you know, grand final contending side. And I think, yeah, I think he will add a lot if if he's fit. I mean, I think the only issue with him and the other person we might talk about afterwards is the injury issues. And if not for that, injury concerns, they would both be in the starting 18 and be very good additions to the team.
1: Speaking of the uh, person we're talking about afterwards, I think we did manage to pick up some old fart from uh, Gold Coast, something about Gary Ablett Jr. What do you think of him?
2: He sounds promising. Um, It's funny because... we talked about this on one of the shows last year when we had um, Ryan Reynolds from the Adyon. and I At the start of last year's pre-season, I was, oh, sorry, the last trades period, not the one just gone, the one before, I was all for Gaz coming back. But then if it didn't happen, then I didn't want it to happen. Um, and then naturally enough, when it did happen a year later, I was all over it and happy as anything. Because okay. I think you get sucked in by the romantic element aspect of it a bit. Um, yeah, if he stays on the field and he shows a glimpse of what he showed last year, then it's it's going to be a bloody good pick. But um, the proof will be in the injuries, I suppose, won't it? And how much he he gets on the field. We all know what he can do. So um, that's not that's not an issue for me. It's just making sure he's there to do it.
0: I mean, I think the trade-wise, it was pretty cheap trade in the scheme of it. Moving back a couple of spots picking up another good player with that pick anyway. And, I mean, I, I'm not that concerned about him missing round one if he does. Um, if he's in anywhere near, like you say, the formula was last year, towards the end of the year, and we know that he can perform in finals, I imagine that he's been seven years playing some of his best football but not played one final. If he's mm-hmm. fit coming into finals, I think he's going to tear it up. Well, that's the
1: thing. Also, he doesn't need to be the guy. He's not going to be the guy. He's going to be maybe even third, because, I mean, he's not... Dangerfield's got him covered now, clearly, and um, you'd assume Mitch Duncan and Selwood have probably also got him just about covered as far as opponents would look at. I'm not so sure about that, but he he doesn't have to be... The the centre of the team doesn't have to be built around him. He can just float around and and basically do his thing, go forward, go into the midfield, he's he's going to have, I think, a lot of freedom in what he does at Geelong, which I think is going to be helpful for him as well.
0: I think he doesn't have that pressure, but I wouldn't be surprised if he, at times, overtakes all of those players, because ability-wise, he's better than all of those players, and you know, while he's at the back end of his career, it's not going to be every week, but Every you know, hopefully, come finals time, he's able to show that, and I think his relationship with Zach Smith could play an important role as well.
2: Yeah, I reckon that could play an important role for Zach Smith as well. Hopefully, getting him to a new level. Just where do you guys see us playing him? And obviously, I'm talking about okay. Gaz, not Smith. But, yeah, I was going to say, oh, no, um, I, I
1: thought we'd play him, you know, on the. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: where do you guys? Uh, where do you guys think he'll play? Uh,
1: what? I just. I prefer him more forward, floating into the midfield I every now and I think that forward line at times last year could be a bit impotent and I think he might add something extra to it but I mean, yep. he's obviously going to add something extra to the midfield too so it's hard to decide, maybe have him alternate with Danger, one in the midfield, one in the forward line or when we're desperate chucking both in the mids with Selwood.
0: Well the word coming out of the club is that he's going to be playing mostly midfield and Dangerfield is going to be spending more of that time forward. And I mean, I think they're probably just going to have to see how it goes, but I think Selwood and Dangerfield, I mean, sorry, Ablett and Dangerfield both like the, the pressure. They like to be where the ball is. They like to be impacting the game. And uh, Ablett's disposal into the 50 would be a huge improvement on anything but what Duncan's given over the last few years. It is.
2: Yeah, I still, I still, um, I'd probably like to see. Um, I'd probably like to see Gaz forward more than, um, I'd probably like to see him forward more than, um, midfield. I reckon, but like rotating through there, but with well, a so, preference to see him forward.
1: Well, see so that's the thing. I think our midfield is just really stacked right now. I mean, you've got Danger, Selwood, Selwood, Duncan, and you've got Menegola in there as well. I mean, it, and then some of the draft draftees we've got in are also Midfielders obviously nowhere near that level or anything, but they're still midfielders. So I mean, our midfield is stacked. Our forward line's a bit light. I I definitely prefer him to be forward.
2: Yeah, and I think also he he's the type of player that um he playing forward he'd bring he'll bring other people into the game. Where um like I love Danger, but Danger's pretty hungry, and Danger forward will do a lot for Danger. And he, and he'll also cause chaos because they'll watch him that hard. But, um, where I reckon Gaz is more, um, likely to be able to dish the ball off and, and draw opponents to him and then give it to someone else to do, to, to, you know, to put it away and kick the goal. So
0: I think that's probably true. Right? I was just watching some of the behind the goals footage last year when danger was playing forward though and watching not just the way that. He was able to draw multiple opponents towards him, but the way that he was leading, you know, forward and then coming back and leading back out, it's how you used to watch full forwards play. And that even, you know, 10 years ago, that they would just be leading to all parts of the forward line all the time. And you just looked at that and thought, we've had no one, Hawkins included, that would do this for a long time. That sort of knew that craft. Moody was probably the last two. Yeah, Moody and Stevie J.
2: Yeah. So... Yeah.
0: All
1: right, let's just quick, quickly... I'm, I'm having a look at the clock here. We're, we're dragging on a bit here. So I, th- <laughs> I thought we'd move on to our uh, four draftees just quickly. We've got pick 22 was Lachlan Fogarty. Pick 24 was the Maturi, Tim Kelly. Pick 35, Charlie Constable. And pick 58, the uh, sponsor boy, Myers. What do we think of them? It's hard to say right now, I know, but still.
0: Well, Fogarty and Kelly look... Uh... Really good. I mean, they both look like they can play this year, and I think that Kelly definitely is in the frame to play round one. The footage that was released this week of the training, Fogarty looked, it looked like Selwood, the way he's moving around the packs and, you know, using the ball, and Kelly looked really great in that footage as well. And I think the other two will be good long-term prospects as well.
2: Um, Fogarty looked different. I didn't recognise him at first. I was, if everyone's watched the footage, because he's shaved his head, hasn't he? And yeah, um, I will admit, when I watched it, I was scratching my head, going, "Who the hell's that?" And it took me a good a couple of watches, or a couple like halfway through the clip, to work out who it was. And he looks a bit—he looks like he's beefed up a bit over um, the summer as well. So, yeah, a bit, you think? yeah. so I think, look, I. We only saw. I'll be interested to see the, the sides when the squad comes out and who we go, who um, who's who's playing on the weekend. Um, it was only like I didn't think heaps of AFLX, and we're going to touch on it anyway. But it was hard to get a glimpse and try and work out what was happening because it was glorified training basically. So, um, I thought Callie at times showed a bit. Um, in a couple of the games there, he had a few good moments. I thought all the, th- the three young blokes that played did, actually. So, um, I mean, Myers is... What, did he kick seven in the TAC, Granny? Yeah, that was an um, interesting one. You'd think that's, that someone like that kicked would go, 50 goals for the year. Yeah, you think You're someone like,
1: that's, would go a bit higher than pick 58, but I suppose maybe he's not a great athlete, but maybe we got a good footballer. That
2: could be... Well, and to be honest, if you've got a small forward, I reckon you'd prefer a good footballer than a good athlete because a good footballer will get to the right spots regardless and then know how to put it away. So, um, but I thought that too. If he's, I mean, small forwards that kick a lot of goals, like, and in a big game, that's pretty impressive. So, um, I'm, I'm, in, I'm intrigued to know what the, um, what the knock on him was. Maybe he's a bit small, but, um,
1: Oh, he was—he's a bit small. He wasn't—he's not particularly quick. He's—he probably doesn't tick a lot of you know the the athlete boxes, I'd say.
2: Yeah, but if he gets the ball and he kicks goals, obviously, which is what he seems to have done in junior footy, um, he will still give himself his best chance. And if he was playing in that the AFLX, it means he's done something right over summer.
0: And he looks um, to be able to crumb the ball off the you know, to be able to get those kind of opportunist goals, which is something that we haven't had a lot of. And, you know, when the ball – if you're going to kick it long to someone like Hawkins and the ball spilt to the ground, we've had no one there. The ball just easily gets back to the other end.
2: Yeah. Um, and Constable, I don't know heaps about. I know um, my mate Buddha, who's a draft guru, was a big fan of him. And I know a few people were are big fans and um, – Yes, athletically, had a few issues, I think, or he's not the best runner, but again, he's a good footballer apparently. So, um, I'll be very interested to watch the VFL this year and see how how they go. And, and Kelly, who, um, look, I'll, I went to a sportsman's night last weekend, just gone and, um, called the engine room and it had Selwood, Ablett, and Danger as the, the guests, and, um, Cell nominated Kelly as, as one to watch and said he'll play a lot of senior footy this year. So, um, be yeah. interesting, be good, you know, see how he goes.
1: Well, you'd want to hope so. I mean, you'd draft a Maturi at pick 24, he won't be playing immediately. That's not a... Yeah, absolutely. But anyway, we're moving straight on now. I think we'll, you spoke about it earlier, we'll have a touch up on what we thought of the AFL X experiment, and I thought it was, um, Let's just say I didn't think favourably of it.
2: <laughs> I thought it was crap. I thought it was... That's a bit blunt, but it yes. <laughs> well, it didn't help either. The first stupid game, Port were wearing a grey jumper and the ball was grey and you couldn't see it because the ground in Adelaide was crap. So <laughs> I had a very. I went in with a negative view and then in the first two minutes I felt worse about it. So it was no coming back from there for me. <laughs> Cause I couldn't see the ball, I couldn't work out what was going on, and then in the end, it was just, you know, get the ball, kick, goal, get the ball, kick, goal, there was not, it, people were saying there was a bit of skill in it, but I, there wasn't really, like, they were man on man or anything, so they were hitting a lot of free targets, and um just to, to say, um, they brought it up at this thing on the weekend, and And I found it interesting because Danger was wheeled out by the AFL to, to promote it and do all that, but then didn't play. And he actually said he wasn't an overly big fan of it. He thought it was too easy to score and it actually took away from the game because the battle is, you know, scoring and, and there should be, it's an achievement when you do this. And, and there was no time. Everyone was just getting the ball and could kick a goal from anywhere basically. And, and then if you did kick a good goal, there was no recognition of it because the ball was straight back in before you knew what was happening and it was just just play on. And I heard people refer to it as, like, circle work at footy training and that's basically what it reminded me of. Oh, don't forget um, the uh,
1: Zupa goals.
2: Yeah. Oh, and that was just garbage. Like, I'm <laughs> all for stuff like that, but make it from 60, like, you know. I haven't played footy, and I've I was a shocking footballer, and I haven't played footy for five years, and I could still kick a goal. I'm pretty confident to say from forty. So, um.
0: anytime a sponsor's included in the general commentary is a big concern. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little but uh, I mean, I didn't mind the game overall. I think you know, I guess coming on the back of watching and going to some of the Big Bash games, that one of the big things about that is that I take my kids to the Big Bash and, and they love it and when I, mean, I go to the Boxing Day test and they would be not interested in that at all um, and you know so they come to the footy but they're really excited about the AFLX and I think that that you know it's capturing a market that is going to be wanting to digest all of that I guess and it's not, it's not going to compete against the main game and I think yeah it does lack a lot of the defensive aspects and the kind of strategy and things like that. But, you know, T20 was kind of laughed at when it first came on to the scene as well. And there was a replay of Australia-England T20 during the summer, and the players were just laughing and not taking it seriously. And and now that is, you know, going to basically the main game. So I think that, you know, for what it is in the preseason, and you get to see the young players have a hit out, then it's, you know, it's a fine kind of thing. But yeah, it doesn't compare to the main game, for sure.
1: Oh, that's, that's a fair point. I mean, I suppose the difference is, with, with say, test cricket, I mean, speaking of the Boxing Day test, day three, saying, sitting there watching Alistair Cook block for eight, nine hours is obviously very slow and boring, but I mean, AFL never was slow. It's always it's always been a quick-paced game, so I don't see much of a reason to try and make mm-hmm. it even quicker.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. And But we shouldn't use this year's boxing or last year's Boxing Day test as like an example of anything because it was just an awful game. <laughs> it was the worst game of test cricket I can remember for ages. Well, so
1: yeah, I actually went that, that, that third day I was sitting in the stands just going, oh my, had, oh my God, something happened.
2: I had a
0: good time, but it had very little to do with the cricket that was happening. <laughs> also, oh, then- can
2: I just... Yeah, I do have an idea for what I think, Um, which I would express somewhere, that if, like, AFLX, what I think they should try and do, if they're going to insist on, you know, creating this different game and stuff, then I reckon they should try and do similar to how, like, the rugby union, whichever rugby it is, has, like, the sevens comp. And I think they have a big event in Sydney, the Sydney sevens, where, like... um. Actually, I think Rugby League does it as well in Auckland. The, is it the, the Nines. Auckland Nines yeah, or something? Nines. Yeah. And they have a shortened game, but they have it like a tournament that's like for a weekend and I reckon if you did something like that with AFLX where you had like, just like at Eddie had or, or Amy Park or whatever for the weekend and people, you know, went along and dressed up and it was a bit of a party atmosphere and stuff. Um, I reckon that'd be a way to sort of make it just something completely standalone and different and try not to create this, you know, the way they sold it all and marketed was a bit too gimmicky for me.
0: There was certainly some weird aspects, I mean, that there was a grand final each night. Yeah. And the other thing of they're having this shortened thing to get people to go to, but the actual, so each game was obviously a lot shorter. But the overall, so if you went on the Thursday night, it went for hours, it so, went for
2: longer than a normal game. Yeah, it went for, for way shouldn't.
0: longer than a normal game. Yeah. So, it, you know, that kind of loses the intention a little bit, I would have thought.
2: Or I, I thought as well, like, you could have it like an under-23 tournament or, you know, under-25 or 21 or whatever, but just
1: well, if you had it something
2: like... Well, yeah, but if you're keen and you want to see, like, your kids and you knew it was just going to be mostly, like, the young blokes, I reckon people would go um, because they just want to see see them in action and see how they go.
0: I yep. think there's a way of incorporating other... You could have, like, an Indigenous team or a Tasmanian team or an AFL Academy team, things like that could be interesting.
2: And they have mentioned something about having it, like, like the Big Bash with, like, franchises and stuff, but... Oh, I don't um, think that would work. Please. I wouldn't like to <laughs> see no. that. No, I think that's just... That's that's an awful idea, but... Um, which means the AFL are probably considering it really <laughs> strongly, but um, yeah, it's right. I'd be pretty happy, it'd be okay if we never saw it again, to be honest. But
1: all right, let's um drop AFL extra for just a moment. I think we should move on to uh, our GRT matches, which is coming up, this weekend, or is it? It is, is it Sunday. Sunday,
2: yep. Yeah, against in the, the torrential rain the monsoon Queensland.
1: yeah against the suns which is going to be interesting if we yeah <laughs> how, how we go about that what do you guys think of that game I think we'll go up there with a reasonably strong side or
0: oh, I would guess? say they'll probably go up there with a the very young side and then play close to the round one team in the second jLT yeah. particularly if the rain and everything is going to be as forecast.
2: Um, I'm sort of the opposite. I think they'll play. I reckon because there's only two practice matches this year, they'll probably less likely to get to experimenting, um, and be more likely to try and play stronger teams. But who knows? But then somebody else told me that the bench is there going to be like an extended bench, like eight people on the bench or something. Oh, they usually yeah. For JLT games. Yeah. yeah, but like even more than what they normally. Have apparently. Um, I've obviously done no research because this is the second thing that I have no idea about. But I um,
1: think it, did some, did you, it's
0: something six to
1: eight.
2: Do you guys know yeah. what the
1: temperature is up there? Is...
2: Uh, it'll be like twenty-eight, high twenties, and about eighty percent humidity, and it's meant to be pouring rain. So yeah,
1: I don't know if that'll be a very fun time. I don't know. I think we should. <laughs> I, I think we should. That first game, I'm not sure we should be sending up our some of our. Older, more experienced players. I would. I mean, I mean, obviously, Ablett... Yeah, I'd be surprised if they played. apple's not going to play, obviously. But I'd be.
2: Ablett was never going to play against no. the Suns. though, let's be honest. <laughs> it wouldn't matter where it was, or even if he was, even if he is fit or not fit, he's never. He was never going to. play the Suns, was he? So.
1: Right. Yeah. That's 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 fair enough to say. But I, I'm hoping he'll probably go because he'll want to play. But I'm hoping we don't send Selwood or Danger.
2: Danger. Is like a beast though, who just wants to play as much as possible, isn't he? So yeah, exactly. But sometimes... I'd imagine he'd want to play. Um, oh, more than like yeah, I Who knows? I'd say I wouldn't be surprised if Danger and Cell played, but maybe Hawkins and Duncan and, and Menegola and the guys that played in the went to Adelaide for the JLT didn't play. Um, but that said, I reckon Kelly and Foggy will probably play as well. So. I've just contradicted myself there, but the more senior players that went to Adelaide, I could see staying home this weekend.
0: Right, makes sense. I think, I think with the weather, it could be difficult to get a reading on what, you know, what has changed or what the game plan might be, or you know, trying to get too much of a look at any of those either younger players or new recruits or anything like that. So we might just have to take what we can from that game, I guess.
1: True enough, and, and I mean speaking about older players, younger players, and all that. Who do we think we're going to see the uh, biggest improvement or the biggest decline from in our team this year?
2: Um, I hope we see the biggest improvement from Nikaya Cockatoo, um, which will obviously also involve not getting suspended. But if he can stay on the field, um, and, and, I mean, the game against Carlton last year, I reckon he showed everything we've wanted for him from him since we got him. Um, apart from, obviously, we didn't want him to pull his hammy. But, like, everything else, he was a beast at the ball. He was marking it. He was kicking goals. He was creating pressure. And, um, like, I honestly think if he, like, explodes this year, that'll help us a long way towards winning a flag just because... That's sort of the high regard I see him in and hold him in. So um, as a of young player, I hope that it's him.
0: Well, yeah, I think he if he can do any of that stuff, it'll be a real asset to the team. I think all he really needs to do is stay on the field because whenever he plays, he does something. And each time he's kind of building a little bit more towards being that more complete player that you think you could be. Yeah. I mean, it's not necessarily a young player, but I think the player that we spoke about him earlier is Zach Smith that could really take his game forward even more. I mean, it's not that old, I guess, but he, his game last year, I think, you know, in all of the kind of statistical parts of a Ruckman's game were his best year for the that he's had. And there were times as a, you know, first, second year at the Suns where he looked like he was going to be the best Ruckman in the competition. And I think with Ablett back, and hopefully he can play as an one Ruckman for the whole season, that he could really push out to really become the top five Ruckman in the comp.
2: Yep.
1: Okay, I can, I can get with both of those. I mean, I mean we were talking earlier about footballers versus athletes, and I think Cockatoo is one of those ones where you go, wow, he is, he is an athlete. He's got, he's got the size, the speed, the strength, and you just want him to get it all together, his body keeps seem to letting him down every time he gets to go on. He, it seems to be soft tissue injuries that are holding him up, so I'm hopeful that he can mostly just stay out on the field for the whole year would be something that would be really helpful for the club. But, and with Smith, I I don't think he's going to improve, to be honest. I think what we've got is... What he, what he did last year is probably what his limit is, I I think that's a perfectly serviceable level for a ruckman. We don't need him to be the number one ruckman in the competition. We just need him to more often than not break even, so our midfield, which is our strength, can take over from there. So that's my feeling with Zach Smith.
2: I reckon he was a bit undersold how good he was at times last year, though. Like There was a few weeks where in a row where he came up against like a couple of the better Ruckman in the comp, like when we played Adelaide and Port in those couple of weeks, and he was on Jacobs and Ryder, and um, pretty sure he beat Jacobs. And for Ryder, he if he didn't beat him, he'd come really close. And then, and then, like, when Mumford was still the intimidating Ruckman and big Ruckman, he went well against him. So there was a few weeks where against good Ruckman, he more than held his own and played well. Um I suppose it's just if you get that from him every week, though, or every second week is the problem. But he just, obviously, he seemed to embrace being just the number one ruckman a bit more as well. well.
1: I'm, yeah, I'm hopeful we don't try this uh, dual ruck with Stanley again. That's It's not a good idea. So I hope we shelve that permanently.
2: Who's your player that you're looking at, your young player?
1: Me? A uh, young player? I'm, I'm not expecting a improvement from a young player. I was really hoping that we'd get some improvement from Henderson down back. With Mackie and Lonergan gone, I really want him to be stepping up and I want him to be with Taylor, the the leaders down there. And I, I think he's got the talent that he could be one of the best backmen in the entire league so I want to see him get that done this year.
0: Yep. I think he's going to be a big loss at the start of the year. I think he showed last year that he is able to be, like you say, one of the best defenders and He's going to be missed at the start of the year.
1: Well, as long as he's there at the end of the year. That's when we need him.
2: That's true. That's very true.
1: So, uh, so what about declines? Do we think anyone's
0: going to drop off?
2: Um, it's a hard one. Really I think the good.
0: concerns would be Taylor, Elwood... Yeah and Hawkins, and strangely enough, I was a bit um, perplexed, I guess, that Selwood and Taylor signed contract extensions before the season started. Not that you wouldn't want to sign Selwood, but he was already had a contract and added a further two years, I think, to that. And I probably yeah. would have waited till the end of the year with Taylor. But
2: Taylor's, yeah, Taylor's probably the... Well, because we don't have lots of old blokes now. Like, so, um, Taylor's probably the obvious one. Um, you know, there were sort of concerns 18 months ago if he was starting to decline and then he went forward last year, but then the games when he was back, he was, um, like really good when he went back. So that sort of alleviated, I think, concerns about that. So we'll just have to see how he, how he goes week in week out and hopefully there's not a big drop off because we're a bit lean for um, back up in that department if he if he does struggle
0: I can't imagine the decline with any of those players being so significant that it's going to become you know a huge liability to the team or anything like that but I guess they've set very high standards of where their football's at
1: this is true yep. they, both, they all do have pretty high peaks there so I'm um, moving on from that, though. I mean, so we've spoken about the players, the ins, the outs, all that sort of stuff. How do we think we're going to go for the year? Just overall, I guess. Do you think we'll make it the next step, grand final, flag, miss, all, miss finals altogether? How do we think we're going to go?
2: Um, I'd expect us to be top four again. And like, it's hard to look past it because you just know that we're going to win most of our games at home. And so we've got a good platform to launch off because, you know, you can almost pencil in you could probably you'd probably say we win worst case we drop one at home, sort of a thing. So eight wins. This year yeah, that's eight wins. And then you've only got to win a couple of other games, you know, along the way, um, to put you in a good position and, you know, you look at it and go, Well, we should beat, you know, your Brisbans, your Gold Coasts, um, you know, we should beat Collingwood even though we struggle to um, Hawthorne have dropped off, St Kilda's, that type of thing. There's, a, there's still a lot of teams that we, we should be beating. So, um, I'd be surprised if we weren't top four again, but I don't know if that's going to be an accurate reflection of if we're actually that good and, and, um, how that positions us for sort of a charge at it either.
0: Yeah, you do. I agree with all that. You have to say that at this stage it's looking likely to be top four and you know the real criticism of the team and of Scott and the coaches and you know everyone has been what happens in finals and we saw one good final last year but you know I guess putting in consistent month of finals football then they're at other points through the year that they could be the best team in the comp and other times even throughout games that you know, they're the middle-of-the-road team. But if you look at the team overall, it's I would say it's one of the better lists. And there's a few issues, I guess, that you're not quite sure how they're going to work out. But, you know, if you roll the dice, go well, then every chance to be competing at the end of the year, as they say.
2: Yeah. And but you need a lot of luck, but that's the same as any every year. so.
0: Well, I I do think we're going to
1: find out fairly quickly where we stand, though, because, I mean, at the start of our year, is looking at it is reasonably brutal. I mean, you've got... First up, we have, obviously, the young up-and-coming, supposedly, team in Melbourne at the MCG. You've got Hawthorne at the G. We should... I think we'd have them covered at this point. But then following that, I mean, you've got West Coast over in Perth. You've got Adelaide and Adelaide and two games against the Sydney sides, both at home, but still, they're both very good teams. So it's a, it's a pretty hard first seven weeks for us, we're going to understand where we sit very quickly, I think.
2: Yeah.
0: And a pretty easy back end of the um, draw as well. We've got most of their last couple of months uh, in Victoria and a lot in Geelong.
2: Let's be honest though, it's a pretty even competition as well, so um, even the games you think you're going to win doesn't mean it's a sure thing and um, games that it doesn't take much for you to be like slightly on or off and you can drop a game you shouldn't or win a game you're not expected to. So, um,
1: Well, yeah, I suppose, just... like, as you are saying, after after those seven rounds, we have um, Collingwood and Essendon both at the MCG and those could be both games. I mean, you'd expect Collingwood, but, I mean, we struggle against them and Essendon's brought some big-name recruits in and seem to be gearing up for some sort of challenge, but... They could be both games, that I'd, I'd usually paint in as a win, but maybe not so sure.
0: I mean, I think it'd be interesting to see how we structure up and what our game plan looks, and I'd be more concerned about about that because, I mean, I don't buy into the Essendon hype. They don't look a very good team to me. They've got some good players, but they have a pretty weak midfield, and that's where the game's at, really. And I think we've got players that have that X factor and ability to be able to win games, and that's where you should be able to win a lot more of those closer ones.
2: Yeah, which is what we've really been doing for you know, the last um, Seven well, years. What, four years, isn't it? I mean, since the last flag, though, it's a lot of it has just been that experience and, and depth, and that's got us over the line in games when we probably shouldn't have really won, but um, that's just what you need to do.
1: Yep, I can, I, I can agree with all that, but... I don't know, from my perspective, I, I think it's... With the moves we've been making the last couple of years, we really need to pick up a flag either, I'd say, this year or next year. Otherwise, probably just about window closed, from my perspective. What do you think about that? You think it's two years or bust, or...?
2: Well, it sort of had to be, I reckon. When we get in Danger and ablet, I mean... You've got to try and win one while you do da- you know, danger's at his peak. Yeah. Um, and if you don't, the problem is that we don't, we haven't had a lot of like high end draft picks, which I mean, they're not a guarantee for success, but they help. So, um, when you, no offense to them, but when you're and, you know, Wiley buzzers and, and stuff who may, you know, he, look, they're, they're more speculative project-type picks, players with high ceilings, then, you know, you're just your locks that you know what you're going to get from. Um, so they still could work out, but you just don't... If, if you're just not having access to that talent, um, it's hard to keep sort of bringing them up, the, the players from behind. So you've got to sort of strike while we've got got the chance to. And we've clearly, you know, recruited and set up that way. And but and I think still, it, each
0: year, we've been able to find one or two players. And
2: oh, yeah, no doubt. Know,
0: mostly, if you can do that, you're doing very well, regardless of whether they're top 10 or not. You know, even your know, men are goalers and hopefully Kelly and those kind of players, Stuart, you know, we're able to find these players. And, yeah, we're probably lacking, you know, hoping that someone like Cockatoo and Parfit and those players can become more of your, you know, towards elite kind of players, but I don't think it's not going to be dropping right off the cliff like St Kilda or Melbourne, you know, like that kind of thing. So, yeah, I think it's probably... I mean, I don't necessarily subscribe to the Premiership window type thing, but I think that, you know, we've got a real chance over the next couple of years, but I don't think the cliff is going to be a huge drop after that.
1: I think that's, that's a fair enough call. I can, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure about that. I think... I think... When the cliff does hit, when we lose, say, Hawkins, Selwood, Danger a couple of years after that, and then Mitch Duncan will be the year after or so from Danger, and Taylor at the back, Henderson will probably be E. We're going to lose a lot of those. Right now, they're in the 25 to 30 or slightly over 30 bracket. I think we're going to lose a lot of players very quickly.
2: I don't necessarily think we'd drop off the cliff, because I think the the squad of people coming up and under are good competent footballers but um, it just sort of means you might end up in that limbo land where you're just sort of floating around the middle because they're not good enough to sort of take you to that next level but they're too good that you like you're gonna you know that you're gonna the ass is gonna fall out of you so um,
0: but free agency and some of those things have changed that a little bit
2: yeah and that's a fair comment too because it's And that's, I suppose, what we're trying to create is that um, and that's where it's as much about creating like the whole destination club thing, isn't it? Where you can, it keeps you in that we know because players want to come to the club and and to make it an appealing place to be, so.
0: For sure. All
1: right, well, I think we've had, had a very good discussion today. I think we might wrap it up there. So thank you both for coming on and I'd like to thank everyone